0: Bloomin' onion. Oh, the Bloomin' Onion.
1: Tell me about your history with the Bloomin' onion.
0: Well, when my mom brought it home. She
1: brought it home? She
0: bought one. They were on sale. Not not the Bloomin' Onion that you purchase at Outback, you know, I don't, I don't can we say the names of the company. I don't I want to get them. anyone in trouble, but yeah. They're not sending us a, a check. But um Yeah, you know, you order this thing, but no then you could then buy this plastic dome with these slats on it Mm -hmm. and you would put your onion in there and slice it up and deep fry it and have the blooming onion blooming onion at home and this was like this was the start of of those horrible things cropping up space taker uppers in your damn kitchen like look look like all this look above you Mm -hmm. like all of the weird horrible things they do one thing and people are fascinated with like, oh, look at this great new tool I bought. And I'm like, cool, what does it do? And they say, oh, it does this. I'm like, does it do anything else? Because you could do that with a pan, mm. you know, and some oil. You can make popcorn or you can, you know, you can make this with a knife. Like if you just cut the onion, you don't need this crazy tool.
1: So your frustration with the Bloomin' Onion. So you were, you were a young man, you were still living at home.
0: I think it was visiting. You I, was were visiting. B- I was back home visiting. And you, she- were yeah. you were in culinary school, yeah. I was in. I was still in school. And I was back for a visit, and she was very excited about this bloomin' onion that she had. She's like, "Oh look, I have this thing. I could make the bloomin' and onion." And I was like, "Mom, you don't even like outback. Like, you don't even want to go to this restaurant, and you wouldn't order it at the restaurant if you were there."
1: I didn't realize they sold it like as a yeah. branded thing.
0: I don't know that it's um. It was from them. Okay. It was the bloomin' onion. Like it was like a two o'clock in the morning with like look the bloomin' onion you know for Mm -hmm. four easy payments of 1995 you too can have a bloomin' onion in your kitchen yeah it's right up there with a garlic press it's like cool what else does it do we had
1: one of those as a kid everyone
0: had one and it's like it's like the potato masher it's like that thing that you put in the drawer when you're tired of being able to open that drawer anymore (laughs) it's like it's like a spatula but it's got that block head on it with the wavy lines and it's just it doesn't do anything like you just
1: you don't like the potato masher what do you mash your potatoes with
0: well you get yourself a ricer is what it's called and it's a Mm -hmm. big it's like it looks like a big saute pan but it's got like a spinning wheel on it with a spring and it makes the perfect mashed potatoes but it also uh, it's great for processing soups or anything else puddings you want to make some tapioca
1: how do you make tapioca what's in tapioca yeah, you gotta
0: buy the stuff i'm not gonna walk you through tapioca right i don't know i don't have a tapioca <laughs> recipe in my head right now but, but you
1: would need um
0: if you want like things like that to be smooth uh, like rice puddings or you know stuff like that to not be all lumpy and gross then yeah you get yourself a ricer and they're great mm-hmm. and it and it serves more than one purpose you can do a lot with a ricer
1: i never thought to get a ricer
0: i'll get you one for your yeah, your next birthday
1: is that how they make like cauliflower rice? You just throw the cauliflower in there before it's cooked.
0: Cauliflower rice or cauliflower like mashed potatoes, like.
1: Well, they call it cauliflower rice because they, they like grind it up or something, so it's got the, the consistency of rice, but it's made from cauliflower.
0: It has a consistency of rice that I don't know what we're talking about. But the ricer, I don't know why it's called a ricer because it no when it when you push it through the ricer, mm-hmm. it makes a a, a smooth like the creamiest mashed potatoes you've ever had, and you can yeah you can boil uh, cauliflower and make like. You know, where you or polenta, you know, if you want to like scoop it and have it be like a, a nice smooth.
1: And the only thing yeah, and the only thing that the Bloomin' Onion did was it sliced it in a way so it was like a crosshatch blades that came yeah, down. Yeah, so that you open it up and then you deep fry it. So that it none
0: of it. the sides are too big, but like it yeah, it had like a spike in the middle so it would hold the onion in the middle, but if you don't get it centered perfectly, mm-hmm. then it's not gonna cut the onion perfectly so it doesn't really do anything at all <laughs> like that you couldn't just do with a knife and a pair of eyes and two working human hands
1: yeah yeah so what about the um how do you feel about the of glove
0: oh that thing's terrifying Well, they, well, they say that the of glove because because it's like a rubber thing yeah i mean like what are they called matt the regular mitts oven mitts mm-hmm. those are kind of scary anyway because if they catch on fire if they get too hot or if they get damp like the because they're cloth so if they get wet and you grab something hot it turns the water into steam which goes right through the glove and cooks yeah cooks your skin off of you when that sucks um but the of glove was rubber so it wouldn't do that right but and yeah it's it's heat tempered rubber to certain temperatures but what if you cross that threshold now you have like, weaponized rubber, like, cooking its... Like, how do you get, like, a rubber that's melting onto your hand off of your hand? I don't know. That thing scares me. I won't put my arm into an oven with a rubber glove on. With that just oven. sounds like a really stupid way to get scars on your hand.
1: Fair enough. I never thought about it like that. What do you... Are you just... You're a your kitchen towel kind of guy? Yeah,
0: you just... Because if it gets too hot, you just drop it, and it, it's not, it's not fixed to your hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I fried the skin off of my hand that one time, I was playing with some black powder. That's a story for another day, maybe. But I had gloves on. They were like the it was snowy outside, so I had my little snow mittens where the the the, the wool the wool fingers only came up to the half knuckle, you know, mm-hmm. and it had that flap, the the mitt flap, the mitten flap that would kind of come over it. And the mitten flap was down, and I was operating the bic lighter, and I was lighting the the black powder that I had. Made Wiley Coyote style, like I made like a little trail the with line. a with a pile at the Where end. Where did the
1: black powder come from? It was gunpowder. <laughs> it was gunpowder, like real gunpowder.
0: <laughs> yeah, my dad had it in the in the garage for his his muskets. So he was a anthrop- he was a musketeer. Well, no, was he was a- an anthropology professor at the university, and he had stuff. I think that's actually how he got fired. He, he had a couple too many you know of uh, grandpa's medicine and went in there and was ex- showing the class how to load and fire a musket in class and it disturbed everyone <laughs> in the building <laughs> not with a ball in it you just but he would do it for like uh new year's eve you know like at the, you know mm-hmm. the ball drops at midnight and he would fire the musket you know with no ball in it just like a big boom and or your birthdays or your dad come on fire the musket like Indiana Jones
1: was an anthropologist
0: yeah, I think he was. Okay. My dad was not that. <laughs> he didn't, well, I mean, I guess he kind of was that, um, but he went up north. He lived with the Dogrib Indians um, up north in Canada uh, for a number of years. Many of my siblings were actually raised up there with him. Like, they spent a lot of their youth.
1: I didn't know that.
0: Ma- Mary used to talk about um, her favorite snack as a little girl was uh, the whale tongue. The the, the the Indians would um they would freeze the whale tongue, stick them on a stick, you know, he's, and just chew on it cold yeah it's like a little snack
1: have you ever had whale tongue
0: no 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 but we got to play with it because i came along much later when he was actually down actually got it after he got his phd and came down and was you know at the university um uh he had like the dog sled like we had this huge original like dog sled growing up and like when it would snow and like we would like all night, we like roll that giant dog sled up to the top of the hill, and like all the neighbor kids would pile into it. It's like a toboggan, but it was like kind of enclosed, like you're inside the little thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was awesome. It was fun. The dog sled was cool.
1: Fascinating. <laughs> I just you I didn't, didn't know any of those no, things. <laughs> I, didn't know that, I didn't know that he spent time up in Canada and that whale tongue was a thing in your family. But well, the
0: point of the story yes. was when I that fr- when that, when the, yes. the gunpowder finally lit, mm-hmm. and it. All I saw was like a bright flash And all my friends who were standing around Like in a wide circle Like they were pretty far away Said that I was engulfed in a giant ball of white fire And I jumped out of it And my hand was on fire And of course I can't get the I'm like shaking this flaming glove And I finally like it flew off And I shoved my hand in the snow And it like burned all the the Hair off my eyebrows and eyelash, eyelashes And,
1: and you like the phoenix Rising Yeah <laughs> And how old were you when this
0: happened? I was in high school. I was old enough to know better <laughs> than to be playing with gunpowder in the street. You were Wile coyote. Well, I was just—I was just wanted to see that. You know, like in movies, where like, like in Rambo specifically. There's that scene in First Blood where he has like the, the gunpowder and he's like gonna blow up that thing, and he like makes the trail and mm-hmm. then shoots it with the M16 and goes, and you see like the the sparks kind of travel up mm-hmm. the thing. No, this whole thing ignited in one. Thing. Immediately, yes, the entire thing when it is at one giant. It doesn't Mm. take that long It was just a foomph It was just like a That was it There was no There was no sparkly Cool thing to watch It was just Wow Walter you should be dead (laughs) What happened? Why are we here? I have to go home now (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna go call my mother I have to go home now (laughs) Um, What
1: about like the um, What about like the slap chop? Do you remember that thing? It was like a little container, and you put the thing. And I kind of like it.
0: the idea of that thing, but again, it's just going to take up room. Like you can't just dice up a couple of tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, but yeah, you put it inside the jar, and you slap the thing. And I didn't totally that hate that one, okay. but no, no, none of them are okay. Just <laughs> some of them are slightly less obnoxious.
1: So you don't like the garlic press? There's the the avocado scraper. Have you seen this thing?
0: No, why? We haven't mastered the avocado yet.
1: So you kind of scoop it in, and it pulls it out. Is
0: that cutting it into strips of avocado at the same time? I think so. You've
1: never seen that one?
0: No, I mean I like to eat the like I like to eat a whole half of an avocado. Mm-hmm. Like you, you pit it, you pull off the skin, and you put your salad dressing on top of it, and it like, makes a little bowl of salad dressing. And then as you cut it with a knife and fork, and you eat it like a grown civilized person, you know, knife and fork.
1: Yeah. I just, well, I mean,
0: it distributes the the salad dressing.
1: I hear that. What about the uh, pizza scissors? Have you seen these? <laughs> it's like that plastic triangle with scissors that are attached to one side and then you cut
0: I the only pizza. have one the one complaint and the one question I'll say it over and over again is well what do you do with that thing when you're done cutting pizza? Like where does it go? Wash it? Where and do hang you it up with Where? Uh, where? With those things? Those other useless tools that are how often? Oh look, you've got a potato masher up there. That's great. Because <laughs> so, I mean, no, you, you can't might. put it in under drawer. Yeah. It's like you have to put this crap somewhere. Like look above all these cabinets in this kitchen. There's, there's yes. just crap that you can't use anywhere else except oh, I want to spin a salad. Make some ice
1: cream.
0: Yeah, I've gotta make some ice cream now with my ice cream maker and then put it back on the ice cream making shelf. Hmm. Make a lot of ice cream around here no do they I don't. no I don't does anybody bacon. no no, but they the, but they've got that problem handled, right I don't spin
1: any salad
0: yeah, pizza scissors it's great, you know like if they are maybe if they're disposable, you know so like after the pizza party and all the kids go home, you can throw the pizza scissors away <laughs> like
1: <clears throat> I mean I guess I don't know what about cooking bacon in the microwave is that a thing?
0: It used to be, it's a terrible idea, yeah, just put it in the oven, yeah bake bacon.
1: Um, so, just bake so so what then what do you tell people like what do you need in the kitchen what do you absolutely what do you, what do you need
0: you need a cutting board yes you need a good saute pan yes you need a good pot like a nice big pot and it doesn't just the biggest pot that you can mm-hmm. handle in your kitchen size because you can boil the smallest amount of pasta in a big pot That's but you true. but you can't cook an enormous amount of pasta in a small pot
1: you you make a very good
0: so just get one big, good pot. I like Le Creuset. Again, I'm not going to get a check from them, but...
1: You might. You like Le Creuset?
0: Well, because they don't... Um, it's so sturdy. Like, it's never going to warp. That's your mm. problem with these things, is 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 like the, the, the heat source comes up to the bottom of the pan. And when you, you take your sauté pan, or your, whatever it is you've just cooked, and you put it into the sink, or you want to wash it, when it hits that cold water, I mean, metal is, you know, it's going to warp. It's going to get a little wonky and then if you I mean gas ranges are perfect because it doesn't really matter how wonky your sauté pan is and it's, it's not gonna a wonky sauté pan is not gonna make an ugly omelet um, but but I mean if you don't if you just have like a the the core the, the coils the electric you mm-hmm. know element then your sauté pan has to be flat against that or you're not gonna get an even heat distribution and then parts of your omelet are gonna be burned and parts of your omelet are gonna be raw and...
1: a pan a pot a
0: cutting board a good knife a knife a couple good knives one good big chef knife mm-hmm. is good with a good bolster on it so you can like break through bones if you need to and a nice small paring knife mm-hmm. for the little jobs and delicate work
1: so what two in, knives two knives small one big one What's cutting it? board that's pretty you can probably get away with very little else mm-hmm. as far as
0: Ooh, if you can stuff. get a ricer that I recommend it so you like a ricer Just for the if you just always want to make perfect mashed potatoes and wow your friends as they consistently say, "Wow, your mashed potatoes are always so good." What's your secret? And you say, "I'll never tell." (laughs) But (laughs) but here I am telling. So there it is. It's a ricer. It's a ricer. That that's
1: like an glove. Looks like an arm.
0: Yeah, that's somebody who's going to get skin grafts very soon in their life, probably.
1: What about the InstaPot? That's a big popular thing. Is that just that? pressure cooker of some kind you don't know about the instapot
0: no is that for like boiling water no well no it's uh boiling water is really hard with like an oven and a pot
1: i think it's just a pressure cooker
0: looks like a oh for like making rice rice and stews a crock pot is nice i have a crock pot yeah i cook rice and like it's it's great you just like put your rice in there and set it forget it
1: so what would you say is your favorite instrument tool utensil in the kitchen
0: Well, what are our criteria? Like, does it have to be goofy, ridiculous machinery? Because I've got an apple corer, which is, people make fun of it constantly, but I love that silly thing. And you don't
1: use it very often, though. So that's... I don't think
0: I've ever actually used it. No? I've never made an apple pie, but I will someday, and when I am. I mean, because it peels the apple and cores it at the same time. And if you want it to slice the apple into little things, I used one at the Balmar, Many Ten years ago. ago, yeah, for the' cause we were gonna make the we were gonna fry the potatoes so we put a potato on it, we we're gonna like make like potato shoestring kind of thing and
1: that, did that yeah. work
0: um, I think what our problem was we started with apples and we were making apple shoestrings, and we were gonna fry those, and it wasn't really performing it would, didn't so mm-hmm. we just kind of stopped I mean, <clears> uh, okay, we never I... made it to potato.
1: <laughs> I asked because I have this one utensil, and I was wondering if you could um talk to me about this. You gave this to me um, about a year or so ago. A year oh, you just throw
0: ago. shit in my face, don't you? What?
1: And um, it was—it's a, a—it's a souvenir spoon from Monterey, I think. Yeah. And um, it was during the fires that we had here. Yeah. And um, you came back, and if you want to read that out loud, it says, um, "John, I saw this
0: and thought of you while shopping for souvenirs in Monterey. I think you know why." So I was
1: wondering if you could. Let's open it up, and if you could maybe discuss the spoon collector uh, theory—the spoon theory—the spoon—is that what we call—is that what we call it? That's what spoon I've always theory. called it. Yeah, the spoon theory. So, yeah, you can take this, and you can look at that.
0: Yeah, why was he upside down? Like you could not you didn't want to look at him. So what's the matter? You don't like the spoon? Type? I love the
1: spoon, but I'm just wondering if you can your theory on the on the <laughs> spoon collection—the spoon
0: theory—spoon theory. So. <laughs> This is going to make Jerry so angry. <laughs> I know. But... <laughs> oh, he hates this stuff. Um so the, uh, it's I don't where do you even begin?
1: Okay, let's it's, begin with so it's it's a theory of time travel.
0: Yes, it's so the the some of the problems that you arrive at when you just solving the logistics of ach- achieving time travel like forget all of that because that's an enormous logistically what happens like where are you in the universe once you've time traveled where you know like how big is your solar system and where is your solar system once you've gone back in time because our galaxy is moving so you know that's a huge problem
1: you can't just find it again
0: right if you're you know 20,000 you know how how quickly does our our sun is actually our, our planet is going around the sun and our sun is going around the galaxy and they're like in three dimensions all these things are moving around and If you jump, if you jump faster
1: than the speed of light in some places away from
0: itself. Yeah, and if you jump back even five seconds through time, where are you in space? Like, are you somehow you you have this idea that you are somehow anchored here? Well, you are through space and time, but if you unanchor yourself in time, then where does that leave you in space? Is our planet going this way? Am I now in the core, or is it going that way? Am I like like five feet? Yeah, yeah, or five hundred miles over? Like, I mean, how fast is this sucker moving? So anyway, forgetting all of the logistics mm-hmm. of actual time travel, if you go back in time and say kill your uncle, or what was his name? Uh Raul Garshenkowitz? Yes. That's the name I came up with. Yes, that was the name he came up with. So he's a really bad guy. So this is all hypothetical, right? There's this really really horrible person, Raul Garshenkowitz, and he's he's murdered millions of people, like just slaughtered children. Everyone agrees he's terrible and Oh, gosh, if I had a time machine, I would go back and I'd kill him when he was a child and it would not be a problem anymore. And, you know, you always say, like, oh, go back and kill Hitler and stuff. But the problem is, I went back and I killed Raul Garshenkovitz, And here I am back in our present time. Nobody has any idea what I'm talking about. Would I even remember who he was? So then why did I go back to that time and that place and do that thing? So... So that's where you start getting your causality and your your um, what are they called the hiccups where you, the whole thing explodes. It's called a paradox. paradox the, yeah, yeah, the paradoxes and all that. The grandfather paradox. Right. right. Exactly. So, so um, so the spoon theory was designed to kind of give me an excuse to go back in time and do the things that I wanted to do. Because I'll just be collecting spoons throughout history. Like you go back and you look at pictures of Hitler and see like what he where he was eating, like his little dining sets, and you say, I'm gonna go back and get that spoon, and while I'm there, I'm gonna kill this guy. So you just you go back and you kill Hitler, you grab the spoon, and you come back and you're like, ah, one more spoon for the collection. And then you you've 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 beaten causality, I think.
1: You've beaten causality by so but I mean by Or the paradox theory. Yeah, right. Fair enough. So. I, I didn't, beating causality. So that's it. It's just you collect spoons throughout history. Right.
0: You're a spoon collector.
1: And so you would go back to your time traveler lair or thing. Right. And you would have a room full of spoons. What actually
0: gave me the idea is a, a good friend of mine in, in culinary school. I don't know if she still has it. It might have, I don't know if it was her husband's or whatever, but um, um, I went to her house for dinner and she had like this plaque on her kitchen wall of, like, all these spoons just like i was like what what is this and she's like oh it's it was like my grandmother's spoon collection Mm -hmm. i was like that's what's an odd thing like spoons throughout history like that's i mean people collect everything you know they collect coffee cups they collect
1: useless kitchen equipment (laughs) (laughs) maybe
0: maybe that would be the thing is going out throughout history and finding all those weird you know
1: those things.
0: Those things that people collect.
1: So the spoons would, would help you keep track of where you had been and what you had done. And, and why so, you went back there.
0: So even for yourself,
1: being that you said, well, would you even remember mm-hmm. if you had been there? Because that's a possibility, depending on I mean, we don't know about that. Yeah, I don't really know. specifics.
0: Yeah. I mean, nobody's ever really done it. Except me and Raul, of course, who's right. dead. Right. But
1: what, Raul was a time traveler. Or he was just a bad. Dude? No,
0: he was the bad guy that I okay. that I that I killed, that I assassinated before he became a mass murderer, Got which it. he you know never actually existed because yeah, it's all hypothetical.
1: Anyway, okay. Um, so your your specialty in culinary school was was it sauces? Is that correct? You that was my favorite.
0: That was my favorite. Yes, I okay. liked I liked soup stocks and sauces very much.
1: Um, is it, is it salad dressing a sauce?
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's more garmage. I mean, like everyone gets to make a sauce, right?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about like Thousand Island? Or I, should I say, um...
0: Special sauce? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not impressed by special sauce. I won't have it on my hamburger. Um, didn't Mm. we discuss this last time about special Special sauces? I don't think so. Ketchup should go on a hammer and mayonnaise and then they mix ketchup and mayonnaise and throw relish in there and call it Thousand Island and say it's a special sauce or sometimes they throw a little vinegar or some chocolate sauce or they throw whatever the hell they throw in there and call it their special sauce it's always just just nasty sweet nastiness I don't know I won't yeah it's gross Thousand Island I like Thousand Island on my Reuben
1: that's where it belongs
0: that's about the only place for it Mm-hmm. I think originally it was Russian dressing, but...
1: What was that place that... Remember those Reuben balls we got that were overcooked and... Yeah, it was weird. That I, was not I don't really want to pleasant.
0: say a bunch of negative stuff. I like that place. Well, I okay. like other stuff that they have. Maybe
1: I had a bad experience with those Reuben balls. But... No,
0: everyone had a bad experience with those <laughs> Reuben balls, but there's a lot of other good things at that restaurant. Fair
1: enough. Maybe it was an off day.
0: No, it's just a horrible dish. Just, it should not. Don't mess with the Reuben. It doesn't need to be reinvented. It doesn't reinvented. need to be... it doesn't be repackaged. It's not.
1: I had a Reuben egg roll one time. Did last... you?
0: No. why? Just order a Reuben no. or or something else.
1: They didn't have those on
0: the menu. I know. They just have something weird that they've come up with. Mm-hmm. Culinary atrocities. Is culinary, that...
1: atro- uh, <laughs> culinary atrocities. Well, I mean, there were all these different things that. Um, is that one of the ones you were the ham and banana
0: <laughs> That looks so awful.
1: There's all these old, I mean, what do you know of these recipes from back
0: in the day? I know Did that you... my dad found a cookbook or somebody had a cookbook for these things and it was like all liver and onions or liver and bananas and it was like different combinations of bananas, livers and onions and mm-hmm. I mean, we had a lot of great fun joking about these. Thank God my dad had never actually tried to cook any of them, but. Yeah, those oh. all look terrible. The 60s was a terrible time for food. Look at that. Oh my God.
1: What is that? Super salad loaf? Mm. Wow. Um, so, speaking what? of. What? <laughs> what is that? That one? looks
0: pornographic.
1: It's a it's a shrimp sandwich roll. That's pretty.
0: Is there bread in there?
1: It's possible. It's possible.
0: Um, shrimp sandwich roll. So,
1: speaking of loaves. Ugh. You're not a fan of loaves.
0: Meatloaf? Meatloaf. Just the word loaf is not an attractive word, and if you're going to have to apply it to food, you've already lost. Like, just stop.
1: Well, what about bread?
0: Yeah, you slice it up and you eat bread slices. You don't eat a bread loaf, do you? You ever sit down and eat a loaf of bread? No. Nobody the hell does. (laughs) It's weird and gross and completely crazy.
1: Meatloaf. I've made some good meatloaf. No, you haven't. What is it about meatloaf? Is it the... (laughs)
0: It's the ratio of the the surface of the meat. So if you take a hamburger patty, you pat mm-hmm. it all out. It's basically the same as a meatloaf, right? But you, you the way you cook it, you're searing all that. You're caramelizing the sugars in the fats on two sides, and you're, you're the ratio of that sugar caramelization and mouthfeel of like the 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 firm exterior to the to the moist interior is much higher than meatloaf is just the spongy bleh in the middle. Like there's no crust there's no there's no caramelization in the fats and the sugars it's no it's just basically steamed by its own juices. loafiness
1: is it like a loaf confit no it's not cooked in fat it's steamed beef it's a steamed. yeah loaf. it's
0: like steamed i don't know because it's yeah it's just you're just getting the whole thing hot and it's like boiling in its own juices That's... it's not attractive They make a turkey loaf where I work for the employees to eat. They wouldn't attempt. They wouldn't dare attempt to sell it to anyone. Uh, But they put raisins in that. Can you imagine? That makes me so angry to think about trying to make someone eat that.
1: Um, What was the last best meal you had? Have there been some good meals? I mean, we've talked a lot about terrible stuff.
0: Great, great meals. I've had so many wonderful meals. I love to eat. I love good food. I know you do tasha was actually asking me about like she's like why do you why do you don't like any anything on your subway like i just want plain you know because i'm hungover i just want lettuce a little bit of mayo like not really any uh mustard at all i don't need vegetables she's like but like what about those sauces and the flavors like i don't want to taste what they they produce like it's not good it's just tastes like plastic garbage I just need to feed, I need to push white bread and meat into my system so that I don't lose consciousness. So that's, but that's a loaf. Or get sick. Isn't it? What? A, a sandwich? Sandwich. It's not a loaf, it's a sandwich. What are you talking about? But I mean, about? the
1: bread is loaf, but you...
0: No, it's a roll.
1: So a roll is just, it's just, we're just talking sizes, structures.
0: A very small loaf. Well, no, I mean, a loaf to me, it would have stubbier ends. It's taller, flat. square be square like a brick. A brick mm-hmm. of red. Okay. So again, we're talking the ratio of surface area. Like.
1: Oh, who's that? I don't know. <laughs> One of your neighbors friends. is upset. We got some friends outside. It's
0: spring, you know. <laughs> the cats are getting frisky. They are. Um. Okay. <clears throat> no, I won't eat a loaf.
1: One more thing. I know you have to go soon. Mm. <laughs> I always say that. Um, so, how do you feel about pho? Now, Phu. I've had some really great pho. There's some amazing pho here no, in the you Bay haven't. Area. You, you
0: have made some great pho, I'm sure. You go to a nice pho restaurant, and then you make your own pho. That's why I hate pho. I'm super glad that it's only $4, but or $2, right, at some of these places? Mm-hmm. And then they give you... Dirty dishwater dirty dishwasher and, and bland noodles. And then you flavor it yourself. Here's all of the things. The plum sauces and the, the spicy business and all the stuff. And you get to make it taste, you know, it's like choose your adventure. It's exciting. Like Korean barbecue. Like why am I here? Like I just have a barbecue at my house, but I have to come here and pay you $65 to eat the meat that I'm going to cook at your table.
1: No, you don't find this entertaining or valuable
0: or. No, I can cook at home. You can have people over and like we can have a barbecue. That's a barbecue. That's when we went to that Korean barbecue place. I was so pissed at you guys because it was like, none of you would even talk to me about it. Like it was like it was like you were being secretive on purpose because you no. knew how I was going to react. Because we we're going to Corey's house. We're all there, and then I'm like, hey, should we stop and get some beer? It's like, no, Walter, beer's going to be there. I'm like, okay, like. But we're all meeting over here, so we all get there. and So I crack a beer, and, like, and people are starting to show up. I'm like, so what's the barbecue? Like, you all invited me to this barbecue, and like, everyone's just standing around the kitchen waiting for other people. Like, what are we waiting for? And like, we get back in the cars, and we drove another hour and a half north to some Korean barbecue place and sat there. And then, Because I was like, yeah, I don't have any money right now, so a barbecue sounds perfect. I can drop $6 on a, on a beer and then $5 on a piece of steak, and we can all hang out and have a party said so I ended up paying $65 for a beer and some oddly cooked meat that I'm pretty sure Koda cooked. Yeah, and then it's like...
1: So the problem is with doing it yourself.
0: You yeah, have, you go out to a restaurant so that you don't have to do your own dishes, and so you don't have to cook your own food. You don't have to bring it to the table, and like, yeah, it's like service. That's why you are paying these people. Yeah. And you tip them accordingly, and you, you take care of things.
1: And you feel had.
0: Or you don't feel had. What do you mean? No. If no, you go to a restaurant properly, no, you don't feel had. You go to a restaurant and they make you cook your own food, then yeah, you feel had. It's like, well, what am I paying you for? Like, it's but yeah, you want to open a cool restaurant, John? We'll call it, um, do the dishes yourself. And like, yeah, it's only like seven or eight bucks for the sandwich, but you have to do all. You have to like clean your dishes and put them away. Otherwise, it's twenty six dollars. It's, it's John.
1: Thank you for listening to Gluten Is Not Your Problem. Send your ideas, comments, and questions to problem at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.